Have you been the victim of unfair treatment by a business or a corporation? Has this ever happened to you? You bought a house that was not disclosed to you that there was a termite infestation in the walls and in the moldings? So you have to take it upon yourself to call your own termite extermination company. But when the guys show up, they immediately ask if they can use your bathroom. Then for over two hours, they take turns going in and out of there, taking huge mud pies and over flushing. Then they go in there together and hear a bunch of scrounging around and then you hear a bunch of yelling and one of them is standing in the bathroom doorway shouting at you and his friend's foot stuck in the toilet and he says help him you gotta help him and when you go in there to help him he just pulls it out easily and laughs because his foot wasn't stuck it wasn't stuck at all he was just faking it and then they get really serious they say it's turbo time and they both start running around the house as fast as they can and jumping over the couches but when you try and jump in they yell at you and they say you're not part of the turbo team don't run! You don't run with us! We're the ones who run! Until you're part of this turbo team, walk slowly! So you go lay down the beat by yourself and read your art books, but then the next day you went into the bathroom and it looked like the hole in your toilet had shrunk? He said, how could that be? There's no way they could have shrunk the toilet. But then you saw in the trash a receipt from Home Depot for a toilet the exact same size as yours, but with a joke hole that's just for farts. They replaced your real toilet with a fart toilet, and now you can't take a dump in your house because your toilet can't suck them down and you feel sick to your stomach? Has that ever happened to you? Call me right now, please. Abs in a six-pack. Abs in a six-pack. Hello, abs in a six-pack. Abs in a six-pack is not the greatest podcast in the world. I know, abs in a six-pack is a bad show, but what else do you have going on? Today is Wednesday, March 22nd, 2023. I'm joined by Scott Spaulding, and this is a new live son of a bitch. Abs in a six-pack! Oh, abs in a six-pack. Absolutely incredible. This is a new live son of a bitch! Don't just drain the swamp. Drain the fucking ocean! Why is this guy still on? I Have some pride in yourself. Have some faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord. And don't tell these scum-sucking motherfuckers nothing. (laughs) Nothing like starting to show off with a little bit of walking for you. Scott, how you doing? It's been a minute. It's been like a year or something. I don't know. It's been a while. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How about you? I'm hanging in there, taking it a day at a time, just grinding. And you're... um, Yeah, I was a nice intro. Thank you. It's a little bit of I think you should leave there. Always a good way to start a show. Because that hasn't <laughs> happened to me, but you never know when it could. It could be turbo time yeah. just around the corner. But yeah, you're um <laughs> you're you're I think last time we talked you were not necessarily new, but getting started in dad life. How's that been going? Um yeah, good. Very busy. Um yeah, I've got a couple of kids. Um beautiful age. Uh but full on. Um yeah, the best gift that you could ever ask for. I was always one of these people growing up. You know, when I seen a kid, I'd be like, yeah, pat him on the head and walk away, you know. <laughs> so it was, uh, um, you know, that was my involvement with kids. So I was just like, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, okay. Uh, I just never really had any uh, interest until we got my own, which is usually the case with many people. Um, and yeah, it's fantastic. We were kept very busy. Um, we homeschool as well, which probably not a lot of people know um, from my social media. But yeah, we... Uh, we do that, so it's 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 a it's a beautiful and fantastic, wonderful experience. 
um, teaching them what we can and learning from them and learning from materials that we're, we're looking at just to try and educate them. It's just, you know, some of the questions that you get uh, and the conversations that you have. Um, and I've mentioned this in, in tweets previously, but the things like, I remember, you know, our, our kids, every night before bed, we read like lots of books to them, uh, as well as during the day and first thing in the morning. And um, I remember my son, when he was two years old, he asked, uh, if the planets are moving, why can't we feel it? And that kind of deep question for me, I was just like, wow. I was like, I probably didn't even ask that question when I was 15, let alone two. <laughs> yeah, they're spinning you know, at a uh, thousand miles an hour and the, and the solar system's uh, spinning around at a million miles an hour and you can't really feel it. Uh, the flat yeah, earthers yeah. love to ask. Love ask. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I try and explain that to a two-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's brilliant. Um, I have, as, as I'm getting older, I have less and less time. You know, my day is um, I get up spend a bit of time with them, work, come home, uh, jump into spending some time with them, uh, stories, baths, goofing around, um, uh, put them to bed, um, rinse and repeat. <laughs> so, um, do they have you know, homeschool uh, co-op things like they do here? Uh, it, like where you, um, you, the bunch of other homeschool parents can get together and you can have like, um, you know, one of the parents will teach the math class, whoever's best at that or stuff like that. And then they uh, interact with other homeschool kids or is it not? Um, yeah, we, we've tried it a few times. Uh, you know, we've, we've searched um, uh, online for a few groups and we've met up uh, with some groups in the past, but it's never really worked out, unfortunately. Um, unlike, a, you know, in America and even down in England, um, you have a lot of homeschooling groups, but up here, um, uh, at least from what we found, they're not too many. And I remember one of them, uh, oh, my wife uh, took the kids to um, this kind of homeschool group and it was in a church or something along those lines. I was working at the time uh, and it was quite a while back, but um, I'm not a religious person. I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. Uh, so I don't follow any kind of religion really as such. You're uh, not into just, the organized aspect or the dogma <clears throat> of like a person. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I never have been. Um, and it wasn't until I started having conversations as an adult that I started to really think about spirituality. Um, you know, I felt it uh, in terms of, you know, uh, life and the connectiveness and you know don't be a dick be nice to folk and you know, the, the usual kind of the, the kind of stuff uh like that mm. but anyway uh, yeah my wife took these uh took the kids to this this group and she brought back a leaflet and she i think she texted me at, at the time uh, or afterwards saying oh my god i can't go back there i was like what's up and she brought back a leaflet or a couple of them uh from the place and um oh i laugh my arse off so much and i, I really wish i kept them <laughs> because it was it was very much you must believe this you have to do this and I was like wow I was like people actually take their kids to the kind of shit <laughs> yeah. you know um, it was very extreme um, and I'd never Here, let me read this to you yeah man like <laughs> oh my god you should have seen it you're I reading do? something <laughs> real bad we had yeah. there, it was like those little um, talking about there was ones that are kind of rectangle shaped um, long ways those or Bible tracks, I think they were called. And right. I remember like those getting handed out at like churches and YMCA's and stuff. Like when you're a kid, you see them like we had like they were all over the place at like church and Christian school. And it's just mm. like no kid that's between the age of five and ten years old needs to read a thing where it shows like a kid their age stealing a lollipop and then burning in, in like fire and being tortured <laughs> by demons. Yeah. Like that's yeah, like yeah. straight up just psychological abuse. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I believe it is. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, I really do. And you know, the, the, the kind of leaflets that my wife brought back. You know, I'm a very, very open person, extremely open. You know, I will listen to a hell of a lot of shit before. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll give any kind of theory the time of day. Um, more or less. And, but, but reading this kind of stuff, I was really surprised. I was like, wow, how can you guys get away with this? Well, not so much get away because I'm very much pro freedom, but just, it, it just shocked me, uh, really. Um, just kind of reading this stuff and I laughed at it and I kept it for a day or two and then just chucked it in the bin. But I really wish I kept it because it was just funny. It was just one of those things that I could look at every now and then, just piss myself laughing and go, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and just put it back down. But I just feel sorry for the people that are involved. Um, uh, unwillingly in that kind of thing, really. Um, you know, well, Alan Watts le- learn. Oh, Alan Watts had a had a take on it, which was if if the uh, fire and brims to earth, like the you know if Christians actually believed what they claimed to believe, like they really truly believed it, they'd be screaming in the streets every day because, like, and there are some to do that, you know, <laughs> but usually they're angry, <laughs> angry types, the, the Westboro Baptists. Oh types. yeah, but yeah, it's like if you if you really think that like most of the people you know are going to burn for eternity, then you you'd really be like you know. A lot more serious about it and less casual. You'd be screaming in the streets every day, uh, yeah. trying to warn people like the, the end is nigh kind of guy. <laughs> oh yeah, it just reminded me of a, a time um, before kids actually, when my wife and I um, uh, went down to London to visit some friends and stayed for a few days. Now, as, as a kid, I grew up. I was born down in England um, and lived around kind of London um, for the first. Of, 10, 11 years of my life and then further south of England for another year and a half or so before coming up to Scotland um, as a young teen. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, it was interesting seeing it then as an adult compared to my my kid's eyes in, in that sense, but uh, uh, deviating from the point I'm trying to make. I remember we went, uh, my wife and I, we spent a day in London visiting friends and we jumped on a bus. It was quite late in the evening and the bus was packed. I think we took the last two seats. And this uh, this big lady, we were sitting at the top top of the stairs, uh, on the top of the bus. And uh, this lady um, came onto the bus, and there was no seat, so I got off uh, my seat and I said, "You know, please take my seat." And I'm standing there, and I couldn't even stand straight because uh, you know I'm tall and the, the roof is low, so I'm just kind of crouched a bit. And as soon as her arse sat on that seat, she just started praising the Lord, and you know just <laughs> shouted to the top of her voice, preaching to the entire bus. And I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> and it just it was such a um not so much a culture shock but a reminder and a surprise for me because although I know this kind of stuff goes on a lot I've been removed from it for such a long time and I just kind of looked at my wife and I just couldn't I just I I tried so hard to keep my laughter in place because although it's a serious thing to her and maybe other people on the bus it was just such a shock and a surprise <laughs> yeah. you know yeah by all means take my seat <laughs> and, then, and then you know and she's just suddenly uh, shouts out a sermon to the, whoever it was and she was, she was on the bus for five minutes saying this thing um, throughout the entirety of it and then just got up and left <laughs> it was just such a people, funny thing. people like that are a trip man but you gotta you, it's kind of um, I'm glad they're out there uh, oh yeah yeah glad that, I'm glad they exist uh so, and, and it's kind of like, um, like I think the biggest sin, other than doing harm to others, is being boring. And that's one thing you can say about those type of people is they're not boring. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. You know, I've, I've, um, yeah, I've lived and worked and breathed amongst a, a variety of people, thousands and thousands of people um, over the years through the dozens of jobs I've had and the numerous places I've lived. I don't, <coughs> excuse me. Um, yeah, I've moved around quite a lot. Uh, I've lived in a lot of different homes, uh, really, um, in my life. You know, a lot of people uh, will grow up in the same area, um, go to school, 
get one or two, maybe three jobs in their life, and that's them throughout the uh, you know their existence. And it's just such a weird thing for me, well, an alien thing for me, really, because um, that's definitely not been my experience. Uh, but yeah, you know, people that are like that, I love eccentricity, uh, eccentric people. Um, I think it's fantastic. You know, as again, just um, you know, don't hurt people, don't don't be nasty and vile and horrible to people, and uh, do what the hell you want and have a laugh doing it because. We're all on this ride together. <laughs> Amen to you know, that. Um, yeah, it's wild, it's fun, and it's freaky, and it's scary, and it's fantastic enough. Um, you know, you don't have to try and push someone off the ride. <laughs> yeah. and it is, as, as Bill Hicks said, it is just a ride. Yeah, exactly. I was just as soon as I started saying that, the picture <laughs> of Bill Hicks popped into my head. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and some people come, some people, um, you know, rise to the uh, in front of the crowd and say, "Hey, guys, calm down. This is just a ride, and we kill those people." <laughs> yeah. Shut him up. We're making a lot of money on this ride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It popped up when I was talking about books with the kids earlier. Bill Hicks popped into my head again. You know, just that it looks like we got a reader. <laughs> <laughs> what you yeah. reading for? Well, I read for a lot of reasons, but mainly so I don't end up being a waitress at a fucking waffle. <laughs> oh, um, I haven't heard that for a long time. I haven't yeah, seen Bill Hicks for a while. He's great. Um, <laughs> now, okay. So let me, this is a question that I've been kind of kicking back and forth in my head that I haven't come up with an answer to, but mm-hmm. um, going back to like the, the concept of, or the nature of the concept of the nature of reality, the um, afterlife and w- what happens the way, like maybe karma or how are the afterlife works? Do you think there are like secret societies or governments who have semi successfully mapped that out and people that have hidden knowledge and know exactly how it works? <clears throat> it's a hard question to answer. Just like you're on your on yeah, your- that's a that's a very that's an awesome question though. That's a really cool question. It's not something I've given any length of thought to. Um, it wouldn't surprise me. That's the thing. It wouldn't surprise me um, whether it exists or not. Um, I have absolutely no idea. Um, but it just reminds me uh, about a, a book, my favorite set of books uh, by an author called Raymond E. Feist. I'm not sure if you know him. Um, uh, I think he's written about 30 books in a series, a long series of, of, of books that are all connected. And it just reminds me about that because they talk about, um, it's got uh, kings, queens, dwarves, elves, m- magicians. It spans time, world, space. And it's it's just, I couldn't do it justice by describing this kind of set of books. <laughs> but I'm looking mentioned at his about, website um, right now. Uh, Oh yeah, it's uh, oh I've, yeah. It's it's whenever people say you know what what kind of books do you love or what or, you know, your favorite books and for me he has to be probably not so much him but that that set of books is my favorite probably set of books I've ever read. And I've read quite a lot of books. Um, uh, Robert Rankin. I remember sending you the the um, one of my favorite book by him is Armageddon the Musical. Uh, the picture that I sent you yesterday. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've read a lot of his books, uh, you know, Terry Patchett, a lot of fantasy fiction as well as, you know, other stuff as well. But uh, um, uh, I, I enjoy kind of dwelling into the fantasy fiction type of stuff. Um, it's just yeah, I need fantastical. To, <laughs> I need to get back into reading. I've been mainly listening to, like when I'm not listening to podcasts on the road, I listen to audiobooks. Mm-hmm. I haven't actually sat That's down and, and physically read a book. I just listen to the, the audiobooks most of the time just because it's I've, something I've, I can do while I'm driving or working, you know. But I'd, yeah, I'd like yeah. to, that's that's something I need to start doing is actually reading a physical book. I think the last one I read was, I reread the Lord of the Rings. Mm, I started watching one of those films again the other day. Uh, no, if that was the three of them, it wasn't the other day, actually, it was a few weeks back. <laughs> yeah, I rewatched the first three Lord of the Rings. Um, 
Yeah, which is really cool. Uh, but yeah, likewise, I haven't read as much uh, recently as I as I used to. After actually reading those set of books by Raymond E. Feist, uh, the first one is called Magician. Um, but I read them. Uh, I was at a job at the time, which allowed me a lot of spare time at work. Um, so I got paid for essentially reading a lot, <laughs> just because I had a lot of in between time, uh, and I used to do a lot of reading. Uh, and that was when I used uh, I ended up working my way through the Climate Gate emails as a bit of a aside <laughs> because I had time when the Climate Gate scandal broke at the time. I was like, you know, before then I was very much, you know, watched Al Gore's documentary and all this it, kind of stuff. And because they I'm, did a I'm good quite, job burying um, that whole Climate Gate thing, huh? Oh yeah, I I seen a, a tweet earlier today from the IPCC, um, and it was funny because um, looking at the like ratio to the comment ratio was just. You know, it was amazing. There were like 90 likes and one and a half thousand comments. And I was like, yes. And it was, you know, the usual bullshit of them trying to scare. Oh, my God, we're all going to die. You have to give me all your money and your rights and your property and absolutely everything. And if you don't, we're all going to burn. Wait, are you telling me that paying more taxes won't change the weather? (laughs) Oh, wait. You mean it doesn't? Oh, (laughs) oh, shit. (laughs) You know, that kind of stuff. And I remember when the climate gets scandal broke, you know, um, I'd, I'd finished watching Al Gore's uh, documentary, and I remember saying to one of my family members, oh, my God, this thing needs to be shown in every school. You know, we're killing everything. We're burning the planet. And that was kind of my opinion at the time because that was – I'd never given it a lot of thought. I was very environmental – well, not very, actually. I was just more, you know, hey, stop throwing shit around the place. Look after the kind of planet kind of stuff. But that was pretty much yeah. to the extent. But then watching Al Gore's bullshit um, and, you know, I was like, oh, my God, man, we need to do something. And then the Climate Gate thing broke. And I started working my way through those emails and, uh, and that kind of stuff because I had the time. I was like, oh, my God, these people are openly admitting to lying to us. And that started my whole journey uh, into realizing a lot of the bullshit behind the kind of climate gate scandal. There's a difference, and this is where a lot of people really uh, struggle to differentiate. There's a big difference between caring for the environment naturally and, and you know wanting to wanting to not pollute and litter and destroy ecosystems and all this kind of stuff i'm very much for that and looking after our environment in which we live uh, you know it's why i work in the organic industry uh, you know because i care about organic food uh, about the soil our health and all of everything that's connected but there's a difference between that and the bullshit that the corporations and the media are peddling and when you understand the game in which they're playing the agenda and ultimately the destination in which they want to take us, it makes it easier to see that. Uh, yeah. And a lot of people just kind of struggle to um, unfortunately see that. <laughs> yeah, I, I've mentioned the climate gate thing to many people, uh, especially in the organic industry, you know, they go, like, Oh yeah, climate gate, blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know, look, have you, have you, I remember asking one, one organic farmer, have you heard of the organic, uh, have you heard of the climate gate scandal? Uh, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that didn't really get enough news. I was like, yeah, and, you know, you're still going along with the with the main consensus. But, you know, you've heard of this climate gate scandal. You're not interested, at least, to figure out what's going on. <laughs> but uh, you can they do a really good job of manipulating people's emotions and make them think like, you know, make them either uh, emotionally like the Greta's, you know, the, the uh, yeah, yeah. All, the, all the little Soros <laughs> puppets like Greta. But they, um, if, if they don't get you by like you know, fear and fear of what's going to happen. They get you with like guilt, like, Oh, you don't care. Even if people don't believe it, they, they'd rather just go along with it than uh, push back. Oh yeah. Exactly. The same with the Rona bullshit. 
what do you mean you're not taking a jab? You don't care about people, man. You know, you're it's killing like, your. What? You want to. You want your. You want to kill grandma. Yeah, that was the one people. So, well, she's got half a million pound estate. What do you think? <laughs> you know, um, I, I yeah, knew we were in trouble that. when. Uh, do you remember the man bear pig thing on South Park? <laughs> half man, half bear, half pig. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm cereal. I'm super cereal. I hope now you boys. So, but I knew we were in trouble when South Park did a two part episode apologizing to Al Gore and saying that Man Bear Pig turns out he's real. It's like, oh man, if South, if South Park's getting behind the climate thing, like we're really oh. doomed. In trouble. All right. Oh, I never heard of that after part. Uh, I used to watch South Park. Um, Often, not all the time, but many, many years ago. But I, I just forget about it. But every now and then I come across some brilliant clips. Uh, and I'm just reminded about South Park. And I say, wow, that's still going. I was in high school when that came out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, season, I think they're in season 26. Plus, they did some like uh, specials during COVID. So, yeah. They've been around like 28 oh, years. Right. Oh, oh, that's oh, just for me. <laughs> that, that film, I don't know what other films the, the guys have done. Uh, but that one, uh, Basketball. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah. Oh, Joey Diaz yeah, had a great story on that. He's like, I was. It's like back when he was a cokehead. He was like a, one of the Joey Diaz played one of the characters on uh, basketball, and he's like, the props people kept coming to me. They're going, Yo, what, what's happened to our roller skates, Joey? You know what happened to our roller skates? He's like, I have no idea. <laughs> and it turns out he was just stealing. Like he stole like eight hundred pairs of roller skates off the set of basketball <laughs> and just sold them for coke money. He was just like coked out of his gourd the whole time that movie was being. <laughs> Oh, uh, I don't know enough about that guy. I, I remember seeing him in films, the odd film, many years ago. And it wasn't until, I think probably last year, I started um, uh, hearing and seeing him on Joe Rogan. I was like, all right, this guy's a comedian. Yeah, no, he's hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, 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 he is. The little that I've heard of him, yeah, it'd be funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know it's, it's, it's just, it was just heartbreaking when they did like, not just one episode, but a two-part episode apologizing to Al Gore. And it turns out like, oh, Al Gore was... Uh, you know what? Um, hmm? I think I might. Uh, here we go. Let's see if let's see if this will. This is from the apology episode. Here. Right. Denver City Hall. Hello. Uh, we're looking for a government sort of guy named Al Gore. He said he was almost president once. He came to our town to warn us about something, and we have to find him. Oh yeah. This looks like Jim Turner. Who? 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 The state bowling champion, five years in a row. Oh, yeah, so it's Al Gore, like, nobody would believe him, so he changed his identity and, uh, I guess, kind of went into hiding. You can always catch him practicing down at Gramercy Lanes. Focus. Calm. Center. you pins oh we've got a straggler do we you're gonna die just like the rest of them mr gore focus calm al gore that's a name i haven't heard in a long time i don't know if you remember us but we're the kids you got to help try and capture man bear pig well uh <laughs> you were right <laughs> you you were totally right man bear pig is real and uh He's killing lots of people in our town. Oh. <laughs> so they, they spent two whole episodes just saying Al Gore. It turns out Al Gore was right about global warming, which just really bugged me as some a big fan of those uh, guys. Um, and yeah, then, yeah. Especially. And then Al Gore came. 
Al Gore came on the Daily Show with Trevor Noah and praised uh, South Park for finally admitting that global warming is a, the biggest threat we face. <laughs> does Does he have a solar panel on his roof yet, Mister Mister Fifty Mansions? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just know he invented the internet. Oh, oh yeah, that was that guy. Yeah, probably invented it just to spy to make sure we're all following the right right news story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's probably, I, I can't. I I know he's probably flying on private jets like uh, oh, Leo yeah, DiCaprio and all those guys. Now, I owe the world an apology too because Al Gore's from my neck of the woods. He's a Tennessee guy. All right, well, so sorry, everybody. Yeah. All right, okay. I don't know <laughs> if I can let that one slide. But <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I um, while we're, I guess while we're still on pollution, uh, mm-hmm. I did want to touch on uh, Banna syndrome because this is something that OBDM and No Agenda and a bunch of the podcasts in the kind of podcasting ecosystem that I swim in all have been talking about Havana syndrome and uh pink trip friend of the show just had Alex Jones on his podcast. And I think Alex Jones, I sent this to uh, I sent a timestamp of this to Mike too, but I think Alex Jones has the best explanation of what Havana syndrome is. And it essentially for anybody that doesn't know is the, um, there was a big investigation over the last several years because uh, all these people were getting sick. It started at the Cuban embassy and they're getting sick at all these different embassies. And um, they've testified that they think it's attacks by either the Chinese or, you know, the North Koreans or the Russians with um, some kind of microwave uh, <coughs> system to fuck with people's heads. Mm-hmm. Um, now I don't know. Well, let me give you a background on our Vivana syndrome before I go into the, the clip from the ping trip episode. Okay. Um, there's probably there's got to be like a local news or a yeah I'm just having a quick Google of uh, Havana syndrome here as well I can see yeah um we can go uh here we go how about uh, CBS now to a CBS News investigation of a mysterious ailment commonly called Havana syndrome affecting U.S. officials who have reported pain physical pain conditions while serving overseas we're hearing from former U.S. government operatives about what they say are the consequences of the ailment. A few spoke with senior investigative correspondent Catherine Herridge about their struggle for recognition and financial and medical help from the government. So this is more about them getting uh, reparations, I guess you could call it, for Havana syndrome. <laughs> but uh, So a new CNN, CNN special report will be taking a closer look at one of the most controversial health mysteries in recent years. CNN chief medical correspondent Dr. Sanjay Gupta investigates a oh, cluster of unexplained Sanjay. concussion-like symptoms first reported among American officials and covert personnel in Cuba back in 2016. Sanjay spoke to the CIA's first investigator into the situation, Dr. Paul Andrews, who himself became a victim when he traveled to Havana to investigate. This is a preview. When Andrews and his two colleagues landed in Havana in April of 2017, the incidents were still classified. Patients were told to not even discuss this with their own families. We had a uh, van from the embassy pick us up and take us to the hotel. I get into the room and I I looked around. I hadn't seen this before. Between every set of rooms was a small door and it was a service chase. It was unusual. Did you think there was somebody in that space? I don't know. This is that service chase, potentially large enough for a person to stand inside. I looked out the window, I was on a high floor, and I saw nothing out there that concerned me. There was no other building at a height that would have a direct ability to shine something in my room, say. 
So obviously if it's a microwave or EMF or some kind of weapon like that, you don't mm-hmm. you can get through walls unless the walls are made of lead. It's kind of a silly thing to say, but it even delayed Kamala Harris's uh, Hanoi trip, <clears throat> which uh, Cretchen on OBDM, I think had the best theory on that is just, they partied and then the vice president got hung over. They were all hung over and they just uh, <laughs> relate and they blamed it on Havana syndrome. All right. Of the Associated Press. This is uh this is the AP asking Kamala about that. Hi. Uh, thank you, Madam Vice President. Before I get to my question, I think it's important to follow up on the Havana syndrome incident that delayed your travel here. Do you have any sense of who was behind that? And considering that these incidents have happened all over the world over the past five years, what do you say to diplomats that are concerned for their safety? And is the U.S. doing anything to address that situation? And then I have a follow-up on Afghanistan. Okay. <laughs> um, on the issue of the, um, the health incidents, and we call them anomalous, as you've mentioned, health incidents, um, I will tell you that we're looking into it. And um, I'm not able to share much more at this time, but on your point about embassy staff, I've I've met with them today and then also um, saw them yesterday during the the lease signing ceremony. And I will tell you that the people who work in our embassies, be it here in Mission Vietnam or around the globe, are some of the most courageous and selfless. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts or theories on what it might be? Because I had some, but um, now that I heard Alex Jones on Pink Trips podcast yesterday, I've completely changed my opinion. All right, yeah, I need to have a listen to Alex. I, I don't listen to Alex much. Uh, I do enjoy. I don't know if "enjoy" is the right word, but yeah, I like listening to him. He's one of these people. Um, um, I suppose it would. You know, I'd like to. I suppose one of these people would be nice just to have a chat with, just about stuff in general, because he's just he's an eccentric character, <laughs> and he's been right about a hell of a lot of stuff, um, and he's woken up a hell of a lot of people. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I'm just thinking, um, like, is there any kind of pattern to that kind of, uh, is it targeting um, certain people? I'm just trying to think of any patterns, um, you know, because as, as the report said, it's global over five years. Um, and it's only happening in, in um, apparently in, in military intelligence bases or in embassies, communications yeah. headquarters. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um I don't know, you mentioned earlier, like, HARP. Um, I haven't looked into that for a long time, uh, but I don't know how targeted that would be because that's a massive, massive array. Um, so it would have to be something presumably mobile is something, be, you know, for me, it's raising lots of questions in my mind. Is something being tested? Uh, in which case, okay, you know, you're, you're targeting, targeting individuals or an individual. Uh, you need something small, presumably, uh, something that fits in a van, something smaller that fits in a, in a cupboard. Um, why? Uh, is another question. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of more or less the first I'm really hearing of it, uh, but it's raising a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah, 60 Minutes did a thing. Um, they were accusing, I think, the Russians uh, of being behind it. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. But well, the just, Russians do everything. Yeah, yeah right. That's just kind yeah, of just yeah. like <laughs> resurge up the, the Cold War fear and all that. But, right. Uh, uh, yeah, I've made a note. I, I, I need to have a look into that because it's uh, it's quite interesting. It sounds interesting, especially if it delayed Kamal Harris's um, inauguration. <laughs> Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, now let me. Uh, okay, well, so like I've I have I've looked I've heard so much about it. Like I said, from OBDM and No Agenda, but it's mm-hmm. there's always um, like it might be the CIA doing it. They're t- testing out a new weapon system, or yeah, it could be China or whatever. Um, but I hadn't heard this, and this makes the most sense to me. I got four part a four part clip series here, and just let me know anytime you want to pause it because this is Alex Jones 
Uh, he was on Ping Trip's show this week. Shout out, Ping Trip. Well, we all heard about the Havana Syndrome. Yeah, yeah. And then now the Pentagon came out a month ago and said Havana Syndrome does not exist. Yeah. Well, I know what Havana Syndrome is. I've got a good friend who I haven't talked to in years. I need to talk to him, George. Uh, but uh, he ran radio and microwave uplinks uh, in North Africa in, uh, oh, what's that African country that's part Christian? Ethiopia. And he was up on a mountain in Ethiopia beaming 500 miles and 1,000 miles, other military bases in the Middle East and in Central Asia. And they used to, in the 60s and 70s, put up cans of beans uh, in front of the radar and in front of the microwave and turn them off for a couple of minutes and boil the beans and eat them. Yeah. Well, if you drive down I-35 down the road here or, or you drive down 290 out here by the Austin airport, you'll see big, giant micro relay towers all over the place. Yeah, I used to work in that, that business. So you know about it. I used to work for cell sites. I used to go. I would never go up to the, you know, I wouldn't climb towers, but all the equipment on the ground. Yeah, well, cell towers are one thing. I'm talking about actual microwave, you know, connect, yeah, yeah. communication towers. They use microwaves out in the... But, but it's a fact that if you went up there when it was on during a day and strapped yourself to it, uh, that you're, you're, you know, you're going to probably have organs start bleeding out in about a month. You're going to get cancer. You'll be dead in a year. Well, yeah. When, when I would work on rooftops, they would have the antennas up on the rooftops. Like, you couldn't stand in front of the antenna. You're supposed to be wearing, like, sniffer equipment to make sure you're not getting too much RF, as they call it. And from my understanding, it never happened to me, but it basically will cook you without you even knowing it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I've been on talk radio since the mid-90s, and that was back when the old engineers were around. And they would talk about it. I would ask them, why do they not have the FM or AM antenna on top of the building like they used to? Because I was in one station that used to have it on the top. That was in their advertisement. They have this you know, tower on the top of the building. They said, because it'll kill you. Mm-hmm. And people don't like dying. So we put it out in the field, <laughs> and, 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 we, and, we, and we go in there and work on it. We got to turn it off, or we got to wear a lead suit. And so what I'm telling you is I don't need to read in Wired Magazine five years ago, 5G confirmed to cause cancer. Started about five years ago, they bought up the media so much, big tech and, and, and big, big, big telecom did, that there's no reporting on it now, basically. But they have thousands of studies. So what I'm saying is we are bathed in this. And so people report who are on Air Force One, they get nauseous. They have headaches. uh, They don't know why they feel so sick. Um, People that work on military bases. When when you're a CIA base uh, in in Beijing or, or in Frankfurt, Germany, or wherever you're at, they have dozens of different types of communication systems. Uh, they have long-form antennas that needs to be concealed within the building that send pulses through the earth to submarines. Uh, they'll have systems that send things up to satellites. And the point is, is that you're in Air Force One. It's got antennas from the nose to the tail that send out all sorts of communications that can't be stopped. Yeah. Instantaneous through the earth communications. So the CIA people are all standing around in these bases full of this equipment going, I'm dizzy, I'm sick. Um, I feel fine when I go to the surface or go take off for a week. As soon as I come here, I'm sick. The Russians or the Cubans or the Chinese are frying me. No, you're frying yourself. Mm, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, That's it right sense. there. <laughs> I hadn't yeah. even considered yeah. that. I've been hearing about this for years, and I had not even considered that maybe it's just like the fact that they have an insane amount of communications equipment beaming mm every type of radiation you could think of all around them and they're just inundated in it. 
Yeah, 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 absolutely. It makes sense. And I, I completely uh, forgot about 5G <laughs> as oh, yeah. well. When I, when I, yeah, when I heard mention 5G, I thought, oh, yeah. Mm, yeah, that makes sense, as you said. It's not the third dimension. They've made... Fr- <laughs> Oops. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Alex. I forgive you. I thought that was my 5G, 5G jingle, but it was my 5G full song. I'll put that at the end. All right. <laughs> uh, no worries. But yeah, it does make sense. You know, it's like, um, it just made me think, how many people um, turn around... I don't think I've heard of anyone actually say it in the negative, but, you know, when someone goes outside for a walk in a forest or along a river or at a waterfall, you know, everyone I've ever heard comment about nature have turned and said, wow, I feel so refreshed. It's it's brilliant for my soul and everything. Mm -hmm. But then you've got the flip side of that and you're standing in a basement with all this kind of technology around you and it's, it's, it's making you sick and it's making you ill. You know, but that's, it's not natural stuff. It's, it's energy that's being beamed all around, uh, interfering with your personal energy. Um, yeah, it makes sense. I'm convinced that on psychedelics, you can see the um, the be- the microwave beams coming out of cell towers and stuff. <laughs> Must be a cool sight. Must yeah, be it's, freaky. It's kind of freaky. Cool. And then that's I've not even getting into the. Um, <laughs> well, I, that's not even getting into the voice of God technology and stuff they have that can make you hear thoughts. Supposedly, if they, they beam directly mm. into your skull, make you hear voices. <laughs> oh yeah, I've heard of that. Oh, oh yeah, that rings a bell. I remember hearing something about that quite a while back. Um, I remember hearing something that was tested successfully, hearing or reading something about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to remember what conversation it was I had at the time. I can't well, remember. That, one of the dudes yeah. that shot up the military base had like writing all over his guns, and one of them is like my ELF, electric, uh, extremely low frequency elf gun. Right. It's like <laughs> it's, yeah, if they if they want to make you go insane, it seems like they can target with you uh, with that, like that Mel Gibson movie conspiracy. Or- Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, they've had plenty of practice. That's the thing. You know, like, uh, yeah, they've had plenty of practice. Decades and decades and decades of practice, uh, really. <laughs> and as the technology has been getting better, um, so have their techniques. It's uh, for anyone who doesn't, you know, anyone who thinks this kind of stuff doesn't happen um, is just really unaware of how the world operates. You know, it's it's um, when you're playing any kind of strategy game, you know, like a, a, lot, a lot of the stuff that's going on in the world um, uh you know, I always ask myself that question. That's why a lot of stuff doesn't really surprise me. It might shock me in a, in a, to an extent, but it doesn't surprise me in the way that when a theory, something I've maybe thought of in the past, you know, uh, there's confirmation that it's actually accurate. Uh, you know, I think, all oh, right, yeah, okay, okay, that's another one ticked off the list. And, um, you know, I used to love kind of command and conquer type of games. Uh, it was the first game I ever played on a PC and I love that kind of way of thinking, that strategy and stuff. I'm not very good at chess, but in terms of strategy games like Command and Conquer and, Oscar, and about dominating and taking over World of Warcraft stuff, um, you know, I love all that kind of stuff. And whenever I'm thinking about uh, or in conversation with someone about what's going on in the world and you know the agenda and all this kind of stuff, um, I always ask myself that question. If I was going to do it, how will I do it? And if I can answer that with my meager IQ... These people that are a hell of a lot smarter than me um, have already answered it uh, and they're doing it. Uh, and it just, it makes sense. You know, it's like um, I commented to, to Zuby. Uh, he put out a tweet earlier and I commented to him, you know, uh, about, about something kind of similar-ish. It was like, you know, I doth my hat to the way that this system has been devised. It's fantastic. It's, it's horrible and it's evil and I don't endorse it at all. But in terms of intelligence and the ability to be able to do and pull off what has been done so far in the history of our species. You can't help but think, wow, you know, 
you know, like well done. I mean, I think, not well done, but but well done. You know, um, I think they've uh, had help you know, from some kind uh, of demonic or extraterrestrial force. Yeah, that's it. It brings me back to Alex Jones, and I've listened to that podcast a couple of times, but it's been a while. But I need to listen to it again. That time when he was on uh, Joe Rogan's. Uh, podcast and it started talking about like the Sandy Hook um, situation and Alex Jones goes on to talk about how um, government officials and other people are taking drugs to be in touch with you know the aliens and from a different dimension and all this kind of stuff. I believe and, that wholeheartedly because um, I've experienced that firsthand. Not to the level where I'm getting blueprints to build a, you know, invent the cell phone or anything. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that's kind of, that was the first I'd ever heard of any proper conversation about that kind of thing. And um, I found it fascinating. Um, It's it's not something I've given really any thought to prior to listening to that uh, podcast. But again, it's another one of those things. It makes sense whether it's true or not. You know, I don't know. It makes sense, and it would not surprise me one bit at all if it was true. But I loved that podcast um, because he went on to talk about a lot of that stuff, especially because you know his his thoughts and his his speech is going you know, five million miles a second. Uh, and Joe's like, "Hold on, Alex, hold on, hold on. We need to fact check this." Oh, that's another one that's true. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> and, uh, that's why I think Alex yep. would be just a, a great person to chat to if you ever get a chance to actually speak to the guy. With I know he was on here for two or three <laughs> minutes, and we talked about jalapenos, and then he had to go. But he's, <laughs> I'm, he has told me twice he's coming on for a full show, but, you know, he's a busy guy. So uh, oh, I, that'd be awesome. Well, I mean, yeah, if he's coming on, if you're free and I'm free, give me a shout. <laughs> yeah. If you, you have you call in and pick his brain. Yeah. I don't know if he's, uh, I don't know if he'll ever, I mean, he, it was over a year ago now. He's, <laughs> I'll come on whenever you want. Just let me know. That never, oh, never yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, you know, but he just did pink trips. I was the guest right before Pink Trip had him as a guest. So tangentially, oh, cool. hopefully I'll bump into him again one of these days on some kind of show we're both on. Remind him like, hey. I mean, there's, uh, there's not a lot really. I don't know a great amount about Alex Jones in terms of his personal life and stuff like that. Um, you know, but just I can only base my opinion on what I've heard and seen over the many years. Um, uh, but he, he's again, he's one of these people that I don't think he's thanked enough. And I'm not talking about recent events with the whole kind of Sandy Hook thing. I've listened to his explanation on Joe Rogan and things, and I just have to take it as that. Um, and, you know, fair, fair game for the guy for, for, for saying that and, you know, uh, how he was. I never really got into the whole Sandy Hook thing with him initially anyway, so I was I was very removed from that. Um, I did a whole episode think- um, called Presented Without Comment that I might link in the show notes because I think, uh, well... I, I don't I don't uh, yeah, I don't want cool. the ADL or whoever else coming after me, but I don't think Alex should have apologized for that. I think um, it was it was a bunch of other people that were presenting that idea, and he was just entertaining it. He didn't come up with that whole theory. Right? Yeah. I, well, I would like to have a look into that at some point. Uh, it's just it's a dark rabbit hole to go down. But uh, uh, oh, yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> surprise me. It's it's it, it'll be on my list of many things to do. You know, again with with kids and stuff. Um, uh, you know, a lot a lot of the stuff that I listened to and read and researched was was years and years ago and i i don't involve myself really in uh, a lot of the kind of day-to-day kind of conspiracy stuff um same with the news stories and current affairs you know again i i i know the agenda i believe at least to an extent i know more or less where they want to take us um uh from reading about it many years ago and um I just I dip my toe into it into the water every now and then. Just yeah, okay, we're still in that direction. Balls, okay, right. Yep. And then I carry <laughs> on doing my own stuff. So, you know, I'm I'm just I'm I'm just living life, just trying to 
you know, as my, be the change. Um, you know, the only way we can really change the world is change ourselves. Uh, we can try and help other people, but we have to show them the way. And the best way to show them the way is to be that way. Um, so I don't own a TV. I don't buy any newspapers. Um, I don't watch news except for the odd uh, clip now and then. And a lot of people, oh, you don't know, you're, you're ignorant, you don't know anything. I say, well, I feel better for it. If I might miss a nugget of important information, rarely, but... I don't lose sleep over it. If something's that important, I'll hear about it at some point eventually. Right. Um, yeah. You know, I, I buy organic food. I work in the organic industry. I try, you know, I try and be the change as much as possible to an extent, you know, um, within my kind of financial means as well. Yeah. I mean, you're, uh, you're, uh, you're not just talking the talk, you're walking the walk. Like I, that's something I, I need to, like, uh, I, I don't, I don't eat as clean and definitely don't have my own garden and shit. Like stuff i'm like it's on the that's on the agenda but uh, hopefully i'll get to it before uh, yeah, the world oh, yeah. now i can uh, die now my <laughs> life is finally complete yeah i've grown my carrot Woohoo! <laughs> yeah i love you um, i love you chris <laughs> yeah i mean you know i'm i'm very far from where i would like to be and where i where i believe that i would be where i would feel truly comfortable i'm still far from that kind of destination really um well the goal right is just to have an epstein island without the kids um yeah <laughs> yeah like, that's ideal uh, lots of underground bunkers so you can have a music room a pool room and all this kind of stuff but yeah get away from clean. the uh, <laughs> the radiation pollution from all the cell towers and everything i think that's where the, all the elite uh, yeah. are, have posted up in new zealand and they're that part there's not there's not any 5g allowed over there and stuff all oh, right oh I, I haven't heard that to be honest uh it wouldn't surprise me but yeah i mean you know, they've got to they've got to live somewhere <laughs> it just reminds me of that um uh that book by uh robert rankin that uh, armageddon the musical um i'll say it to the listeners I, I, I typed out for you briefly yesterday but <clears throat> to the listeners um, it's a, an, uh, as far as i'm aware i used to read his books a lot many many years ago one of my friends for years kept saying to me you need to read this guy's books they're funny it's funny and he used to read them and it wasn't until years later I picked up a first book from a charity shop and I started reading it and I was like pissing myself laughing. Like, oh my God, why the hell didn't I listen to my mate sooner and start reading this stuff? And my favorite book, or at least one of them, uh, of them uh, by Robert Rankin, uh, an English author, is um, Armageddon the Musical. And from memory, there's, as far as I know, there's two books. There might be a third, but there's definitely two. And it's something along the lines of, it's set in the future. Um, uh, there's been some kind of nuclear disaster um, uh, humanity is living in underground dwellings and other things. They're a bit green-tinged um, because of the radiation. And they have to... The only way they can earn credits is by watching TV. Every screen has a retina scan on it. So they're sitting down and they have to clock up their 10 hours a day to get enough credits to eat. Oh and God. the world is controlled... Yeah, the world is controlled by... So basically by watching ads... Uh, yeah, watching, yeah, all kinds of shit. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, but and, and as as dire as I'm probably making it sound, it's a funny ass book. It's it's a it's a comedy book. Anyone that's familiar with Robert Rankin's kind of writings will just know he's he's wonderfully weird and wacky with his his stories. They're they're just uh, Terry Pratchett once uh, said uh, quotes in his book something along the lines of he's one of the very few people that can make me laugh. Um, yeah, his his books are brilliant. You know what another one is? Armageddon Sex, the Musical. I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, Armageddon the Musical. Yeah, there's a uh, another one. You know, Elvis makes an appearance in some of his books. Uh, <laughs> there's a time traveling Brussels sprout called Barry. Um, uh, uh, you know, there's there's just so many of them. <laughs> it yeah. almost sounds yeah, like uh, in the vein of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Almost, that kind oh, of oh yeah, 
Yeah, that was another great book. Again, my friend, uh, I think, was mentioning that to me before. And I, I picked up the first book of that that I read was Mostly Harmless, which is the last book in the series. Um, and it was a great book as, 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 a, as a standalone. Um, but yeah, I loved that. And I read The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy numerous times. And still to this day, I'm so disappointed with the bloody film that they brought out. As I know that the radio station have had lots of uh, uh, um, versions and the TV series and all this kind of stuff, but the film with, um, uh, is it Rick Allen? Uh, Alan Rickman? Alan, Alan, yeah, Rickman, yeah. Alan, <laughs> Alan Rickman, where he voiced a robot. My friend and I, I remember when we were younger, you know, uh, nerding around, we're like, oh, you know, we wrote up a cast of who we would love to play every character in The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And when the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy film came out, you know, we were both really excited about seeing it. It's like, oh, oh wow, who the friendly made this film? And uh, we watched the film, and it was okay, but it's like, God damn it, you've bollocks up the film because I... you've taken parts out of the second one and the third one and the fifth one, and how are you supposed to do a bloody sequel, you know? <laughs> I always recommend uh, with, um, like, with... This is... Well, I don't recommend... I wouldn't recommend it. Rephrase that. I would say my personal preference is to watch a movie and then go back and read the book. Because there's always going to be more in the book. And if you read the book and then watch the movie, you're like, oh, they left this out. They screwed that up. But if you watch the movie, then uh, yeah, go read I, the book. Then you get the, you enjoy the book even more. But that's just me. Oh, 100% agree. I say that to the same thing to so many people. Uh, like I'd much rather watch a film first and then read the book. Yeah. But for that exact same reason. Because, you know, you've, you've already got the the visualizations in the book. And you've got your in your mind, you know, the water flows this way. That person's got blonde hair. This person's being a dick and you know all this kind of yeah. stuff but then when you watch the film it's like what 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 that's not the hero he's an arsehole you know yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah that kind of thing um yeah that's what i did with lord yeah. of the rings going back to that i um i read the books oh, yeah. afterwards yeah. and the hobbit and all that and i i did and i loved those books i never did do that with harry potter yeah so yeah likewise <laughs> I've, I've i've read uh i've watched the uh yeah i watched the lord of the rings first and yeah fantastic films then i read the books i've never read any harry potter books i like the films actually but yeah I, uh, what's her name um well, she's a oh, Nazi now, so we can't talk about her. J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Or is oh, that yeah, like to call yeah, her just lived, kidding, um, Rowling? Yeah, I used to live just two minutes away from her when I was living in Edinburgh. No um, she used to, her, her partner, I don't, I, again, this is years ago, so I don't even know, but her partner, I don't even know if they're married now or I've passed, but um, yeah, her partner at the time used to work in the same hospital as my mum. Yeah, oh, so wow. she lived just around the corner. Yeah, uh, before she, you know, when she was writing Harry Potter, uh, you know, yeah, all this kind of stuff. And I was aware, I was like, oh, that's her house. Um, but by that point, I, I wasn't. I had no interest in the films, really. Um, you know, the nice films and everything, but I just like me. It was just someone writing. Books yeah, I wouldn't allow to watch them as a kid because it's witchcraft. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, I mean, I was story. I was older than that, but yeah. <laughs> I, I got to give a uh, shout out to uh, Sharky in the chat who pointed out that I forgot to hit the go live button until about twenty minutes into the show. So, um, oh man, cheers, Sharky! <laughs> at least it's uh, at least it's recorded, right? So, um, no, yeah, cool. <laughs> I, I want to go yeah, back and. Talking- Oh, go oh, ahead. Sorry. sorry. Oh no, because I would take us on another segment. So please go back to what you want. Well, I wanted to. I, I wanted to revisit what you were saying about the. Um, you said it's almost the opposite of going out in nature, uh, and and like just completely unartif like natural environment instead of completely artificial environment with all the uh, electromagnetic and radio waves going around you. I think Alex yeah, yeah. brings something that up. I think this is the clip, and it touches right on what you were saying. They're having big problems, folks. The honeybees are dying. Uh, suddenly, hummingbirds been studied for over 100 years. They used to know how to make it to South America, Central America from, from Texas. They can't make it now. Migratory birds are falling out of the sky. They, they can't because there's so much magnetic garbage 
Birds instinctively operate on magnetic cones in their brain. All uh, higher order animals have it. They're all getting off target. The whales are getting off target. I mean, th- this is just insane. And so imagine your your vision sees a tiny spectrum of the light spectrum, which is only one, one, one wavelength. So in one spectrum of hundreds of spectrums, we only see a tiny fraction of one spectrum. But if you could see a cell tower from the spectrum of radiation, which your eyes can't see, it looks like a... Unless you're on mushrooms. That's my contention. <laughs> Unless I was just tripping real hard. Uh, George Clinton, they had in Memphis, they had drones and I was fucking bombed on edibles and uh, mushrooms. (laughs) And I swear for all day until I came down, every single drone that was flying around filming the concert, the camera drones broadcast up, up onto the screen. Every single drone had a perfect golden orb around it. And when they would get close, you could like hear and feel the energy of the orb. All right. I don't know who George is. When you mentioned George Clinton, I just immediately thought of someone to do with Bill Clinton. (laughs) George George Bush and Bill Clinton had a baby. Uh, George Clinton is kind of like um, one of the godfathers of funk. He he was in Parliament and Parliament Funkadelic. But yeah, the um, I don't know. I'm I'm convinced, and it sounds crazy, but I'm convinced that you can tune into those types of um, frequencies and visually see them more readily when you're um, on a on a hallucination. Or it would surprise me. Uh, well, uh, yeah, that's one of the things I, I, I think is possible. Uh, I remember um, David Icke talking about, um, it was a kind of, I think, I think anyway, it was the first person I heard talking about this kind of stuff. Um, like my friend and I, my best mate growing up, um, we had roughly kind of similar backgrounds. Uh, and, you know, we used to hang together. We both kind of drifted from group to group to group growing up. You know, we never really belonged anywhere. Um, so we were our own group, our own kind of duo. And we used to... Um, uh, goof around and chat a lot of shit and have a lot of really interesting and in-depth conversations and question a lot of stuff. And we'd watch a lot of different documentaries and stuff together in our teens and things. Um, you know, so we'd, uh, uh, you know, it was a combination of things like um, how the advertising companies work and how how farmer works, you know, a, a whole kind of host of stuff. So we'd go into shops and we'd see, oh, wow, look, you know, they're advertising this kind of specific camp. Anyway, I'm drifting off from the kind of point I'm trying to make, which has just completely slipped my mind. Uh, something to do with David Icke. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, yes, thank you. Uh, David Icke, David Icke, David Icke. Uh, first hearing about, uh, yes, that was it, uh, different frequencies and tuning into them. And again, it was one of those things that when he said it the first time, it was just like, click. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, that's, that's that just makes so much sense. Where he's saying, you know, there's all these different frequencies buzzing around. Um, and I think he used the analogy of either a radio uh, or TV uh, a channel where, yeah. Um, I think it was the radio. The radio station is always on and it's always live, but you're not listening to it right now because you're not tuned into that specific frequency. Exactly. And he goes on about how, you know, yeah, you know, there's all these frequencies going on, but we can't perceive them because our perception is limited. We, we're not able to tune into those frequencies unless you're on shrooms and other stuff, presumably. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I, when I had David yeah, Icon, um, I asked him if he'd ever had any, uh, like, psychedelic, profound psychedelic experience. And he was talking about doing ayahuasca and just, you get this rush when you kind of break through and you see um, that like every, you see and feel and fully comprehend that everything is made of energy and it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's something I've been interested in, excuse me, um, on and off over the years um, about taking psychedelics purely for um, one for the experience, just to see what I would get out of it. But um, with my baggage now uh, and what I've went through, 
uh, as with everyone else, you know, I, I, it's something that at this age, especially, um, if I was to take it, I'd love to, it would have to be in a kind of controlled environment in a setting. Yeah, you'd uh, want an experienced person there with you to babysit you is what I'd recommend. Make sure uh, you're out. Yeah, you know? yeah, I suppose. Yeah, with people I trust just because, you know, yeah. the kind of stuff uh, that I, I, people I've known growing up, you know, uh, I, I've just seen too many things happen. Uh, you know, someone will be in a vulnerable state and they would get taken advantage of uh, so much. Uh, you know, people taking a piss or doing stupid things to them. And it's like, you know, you're being a dick. You know, you're like, this person's vulnerable. Drawing a, drawing a swastika or a wiener on their forehead. Like, it. A- <laughs> oh, yeah. Who is it? Is it uh, Dave Chappelle? <laughs> yeah, it was Dave Chappelle. Uh, why he never gets drunk around black people or is it white people? I don't know. That sketch where he's like, um, you know, and fuck carrots. Yeah. <laughs> and about so, 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 someone being drunk and falling asleep and then waking up with a carrot in his ass or something. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I liked what he said. I think it was when Dave he, Chappelle. He thought he was, yeah. he got pulled over and he was drunk behind the wheel. He was like, oh, I'm, he's like, oh, I'm in trouble. And then he, and he's like, and then I thought, wait a minute, I'm Dave Chappelle. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I think this is the one I, this, I hope this was the right clip, but I'm going to, play it out the rest of it out and see if it gets to where i was thinking spectrum of hundreds of spectrums we only see a tiny fraction of one spectrum but if you could see a cell tower from the spectrum of radiation which your eyes can't see it looks like a bomb going off giant glowing fireballs this is like a giant white fireball of radiation right now uh the electrical lines in the building are like fireball just burning pulsing these screens are just pulsing out radiation and look i'm a hypocrite i was born into this i live in this i'm telling you though that's what's happening that's havana syndrome i mean i go to like west texas i go to big bed with my wife and family as soon as we leave the cities we notice it without even being doing it on purpose we're like why do we feel so calm? Why do we feel so good? Why do we feel yeah. so loving? Why do we feel so good? And then now you get on a road like Congress in Austin, that's pure 5G, you're upset, you can't breathe. What's wrong? As soon as you get out of the 5G zone, and I'm driving past the Chick-fil-A on Congress, and there's the robot driving off delivering the food with 5G. It's like it's like everywhere. You know, it's like going on now. I haven't seen that. And of course, they have like Better Call Saul, where whatever show it is, I saw a few episodes where the crazy lawyer won't go outside. He's afraid of electricals. Yeah. He's insane. You know, and then they make it insane. It's not insane. It's going on. It's happening. And some people are more susceptible to it. Have you seen, do they have those around where you are? Those robots that are on the 5G networks that deliver your Taco Bell and shit? They got like eight wheels, four uh, on no. each side. Uh, no, I haven't seen any. I haven't seen any uh, any drones uh, really, not in this neck of the woods. Those um, things piss me off, dude. If I could, if there wasn't so many cameras when they're all around UT campus, I would shoot. The sh- I would blow those things the fuck up. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because when when you first started uh, um, playing the segment, um, I immediately started thinking about EMF. When you mentioned EMF, uh, it was either you or someone um, about how you know could this headaches and things for people will be caused by something like an EMF, and that's something I've thought for years because, <laughs> excuse me, you know, like. Mm, um, drones are the future. Whether we want it or not, it's happening. Um, and they're going to be absolutely bloody everywhere, uh, delivering shit, doing our jobs, and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, when you look at those Boston Dynamic videos of these flipping, like, future killer robots, uh, <laughs> you know, as I mean, to think, okay, how do you stop that? And that's the first questions that come to my mind is, how the hell do you stop that? This big robotic dog that's chasing you down, uh, with a fucking massive gun strapped to his back or whatever, how the hell do you stop that? How do you escape from that? Or how do you stop it, stopping it ideally? And it makes me think, I don't know, uh, I've not looked into it enough, but the first thing that pops into my mind is um, portable EMFs, 
would these robots and drones be affected by an EMF? I don't know. Or like are an they, EMP? Are they able- Sorry, yeah, EMP, yeah, 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 I'm tired. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah so, EMP. I'm trying to figure out, like, electromagnetic <laughs> um, pulse is EMP. Yeah, it's an electro, yeah, yeah, electromagnetic pulse. Sorry, it's because you mentioned EMF earlier, and that's that reminded me about the EMP. Yeah, easily confused. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah that, an that, EMP. I, you would think that would work, because um, it would it would work on pretty much everything. The only thing I can think, well, what uh, another thing is if you had a safe house that was a Faraday cage, because I'm assuming uh, a robot like that would be tethered to like the 5G network or some kind of outside um, command system. So if you had a Faraday cage and closed the door, once it was in there with you, it would presumably stop working or at least not be able to communicate to home base. Unless Um, it was running, you know, decent AI and it's already got us instructions. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Right. But yeah, but yes, but then that raises questions. Can you get a portable EMP? And you know, I'm like, (laughs) this sounds (laughs) dodgy. Don't put me on any list. (laughs) But you know, it it just, it just means, can you get a portable EMP? And if that's the case, if you were one of these companies designing one of these drones, you would surely design a drone or a robot to be EMP proof. I don't know, put its, its inner workings inside some kind of Faraday type of cage. I don't know. Um, I've not looked into it at all. But it just raises those questions uh, because when I see these videos from Boston Dynamics and other things, and I think, holy shit, you know, these things are going to be everywhere in the future. And it really doesn't take a smart person to look and realize, well, people in positions of power want to retain the power and they want to expand it and they'll do whatever they can. And look at what's happening now and what's happened over the last few years. Almost the entire planet had been locked in a fucking house, you know, yeah. because they said, you're sick, you're killing granny. Get in your bloody house. Oh, sorry, sorry. Okay, I'll go. You know, and most people complied. Um, you know, that's the kind of levels at which they're going to now. Imagine when they've got, you know, and 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 they know there's enough people. If 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 people turn around and said, you know, wait a minute, no, I've had enough living in my house. Fuck you. It's you know, we're not doing it anymore. Mm. And then what are they going to do? You know, they'll send the army and the police and so on. But whether that will happen. That's a conversation for another time. But when these drones stroke robots are out, and this has been a, a, a worry, a concern really of mine for a few years, especially because I, I see the technology that's coming and is here already. Um, you know, when these are here and on the front line, um, uh, yeah, it's just, it doesn't take a really intelligent person to realize that um, that kind of stuff will get turned on to the citizenry. Um, I hope not. As with many things, you know, I hope I'm always wrong, but it will get to that point. Um, I think the, even with, the people at the, the tippy tip top, well, there's, there's the people that are trying to just enslave the whole world. Right. But there's the people above them that just have some kind of weird transmission from the Zeta Reticuli or the pits of Hades that just want all humans to cease to exist. Yeah. It's, is, uh, and that's, that explains why they're putting all the poison in the sky, sky water food and in the, um, you know, polluting the air with radio radiation. Yeah. Suicide I just, it made me think of um, um, uh, those books by Raymond E. Feist because um, wherever I was, I was in the library um, uh, a few months back and I was looking at a shelf and I seen another book by him. Like I, I, you know, I used to read a lot of books, uh, sorry, just coming away again on a sidetrack, but it just reminded me of his books because it's a, a part of that story which reminds me of this. But um, I read through roughly his 30-odd books in the series and I reread them four or five times um and after that i had like a brain meltdown well, no, i didn't really i was i was so overfilled with reading i just took a break from reading anything for like a year i just couldn't read anything because i was just so like man 
those books were bloody epic. They were amazing. And I loved the story. I loved the characters and everything and the way that it all ended. And that was it. And I was in the library a few months back. And uh, I seen he's, he's brought out a new book. I was like, oh, wow, we fantastic. You know, and I started reading this book. And it wasn't until I was a little bit through it, I'm like, oh, my God, this is a kind of continuation of that epic series. I'm like, oh, this is amazing. Oh, wow, there's three of them in total. And But it reminded me of <clears throat> that kind of age-old kind of thing where it's it's the battle between love and hate, you know, the, the, the positive and the negative, uh, so to speak. And it kind of comes down to this entity of... Uh, of um, I wouldn't really describe it well from the book's perspective, but at least an entity of of negativity that's trying to control and dominate everything. Um, yeah, without kind of giving the story away all, throughout the entire books. Right. Yeah, well, it's bit, it's um, I describe it. <laughs> well, there's a, that that force exists in every, every the greatest stories of all time, whether it's you know Sauron and Lord of the Rings, yeah, yes, or, yeah. or the devil in the Bible, or um, you know Voldemort yeah. going back to Harry Potter. There's it's it's if there's no like um, evil force to overcome, then yeah, uh, it's, a, it's, it's not. A, it's a pretty a shitty story, yeah. So it's like it's necessary, yeah. and and yeah, with, obviously you can't um, appreciate good without the existence of evil. That all those cliches, yeah, yeah are cliches because yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, it's it's um, uh, yeah, you know, it's um, oh, just the thing I was going to say just slipped my mind again. <laughs> it happens. Man. Um, yeah, yeah. Not enough uh, weed. That's what I would say. Oh, I haven't no, smoked in a long time. I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I used I to. I used to. I can't smoke on the shows anymore. I'll just. I. I ended up. Uh, every. I get halfway through a sentence and change topics every time I do. Oh, I'd probably be the same. I'd probably be dribbling <laughs> down the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I I eating the microphone. <laughs> I did want to. Uh, you said like the whole world pretty much was locked in their house, and I do have to point out, just as a patriotic American, that in Tennessee that didn't even last a week or two. Um, and th- throughout the United States. And that's because among other reasons, I would say mainly, be- first of all, like traditionally Americans are uh, rebellious of authority. It's like mm-hmm. where it's, you know, it's why we, we broke off from the, no offense. We broke off from the crown because of yeah, that. Yeah. And, uh, the, the Americans, at least the ones I like still keep that tradition alive. And, uh, I oh. want, I saw this from, um, uh, Olivia Rondu, uh, quote tweeted and said your guns in, in quotes she said your guns will never be enough against the government just give them up uh, saying <laughs> that sarcastically and this she retweeted a news story um, about this guy uh, Texas arm standoff ends after 15 years <laughs> so this guy uh, let me I'll just start at the top here January 2016 Trinidad Texas after almost 15 years what is believed to be the, what is believed to be the longest armed standoff in American history quietly came to a peaceful close earlier this week Joe or sorry John Joe Gray was arrested in 1999 for assaulting a state trooper during a traffic stop Gray said it was his god-given right to carry the pistol he had that day without a concealed handgun license which actually now it is legal um, in more states and it's not to ha- not have any kind of license for concealed or open carry uh, but back in 1999, that was not legal. Uh, it was Bill, right. Bill Clinton was president. Uh, when the trooper <laughs> tried to arrest him, Gray got into a scuffle with the officer and bit him. Gray was eventually charged <laughs> with assaulting the public servant, but he refused to return to court and instead armed himself to the teeth at home. If they come <laughs> out after us, bring extra body bags. Those who live by the sword will die by the sword, Gray told ABC <laughs> News in a 2000 interview. Since the felony charge in 1999, Gray has never left his 47 acres across the banks of the Trinity River between Toole and Trinidad, <laughs> Texas. 
Instead, Gray, <laughs> instead, instead of leaving, Gray, his children, and his grandchildren and friends patrol their property with pistols and rifles and refuse to let strangers inside. National Geographic said it took a crew two years to earn the family's trust. We've <laughs> yeah. never shot no one. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say like you know yeah that's that sounds like an awesome story really. Fuck um, yeah, dude! Biting a cop. Yeah. But, but but this is this is like this is proof. I mean, sometimes it can go bad and turn into Ruby Ridge, right? Where they or like um, yeah, Waco, yeah. where they just burn down your house with a bunch of kids in it. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, we've never shot no one yet. Gray told National Geographic, but they know if they come up on us, they'll be surprised what's going to happen to. <laughs> the felony charge yeah, of assaulting peace, the peace officer was act, was uh, officially dismissed in December 2014 when the district attorney left office. Sheriff Nutt said, uh-huh. "Nutt with two T's." Sheriff Nutt said he's glad the district attorney decided to drop the tar- the, the charges. Uh, yeah, it takes the pressure off people, and it may take pressure off them. The sheriff said, "There's always been potential for something bad happening." Nutt said he didn't go get Gray because some of his deputies could have died, and it wasn't worth it. So anyway, that's just proof that, um, like, sometimes uh, you can beat the government just by, like, yeah. being self, if you're self-sufficient and you can just, like, you know, hide up on your mountain or whatever. <laughs> that's that's why they don't want you growing food and, you know, all, all that kind of stuff, because that's that's how people win, by by uniting and working together and um, being self-sufficient. And it's, it's um, you know, as funny as that is, and it's, it's, it's a good story, it's, it's, it's also, it's sad that we're in that kind of position where um, the authority has that type of authority. You know, unless it was premeditated, I'm going to go out and bite this bloody cop, which it doesn't <laughs> yeah, sound I mean, like it was. Just to clarify, you know? I'm not uh, condoning biting officers of the law. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> but I, am, <laughs> you know, con- uh, I am proud of that guy for not letting the cop take his gun. Uh, yes, you know, and uh, I'd like... Um, uh, it was like growing up. I remember um, I was very much one of these, like uh, I suppose, anti-gun uh, kids until I was old enough to think and pay attention to politics and what was going on. Really, you know, I was like, "God, these bloody Americans! Why the hell have they got all these guns anyway?" You know, from a very youthful perspective. And it wasn't until I was older and I thought, "Well, you know, actually, if I was in America, I'd be damn sure that I've got my collection of guns." And um, Especially the past few years, you know, I've thought uh, a few times, you know, if I'm going to move anywhere, you know, I'd be tempted to move to America um, for that reason, not to get into any trouble or to create a situation, but to protect myself from a situation. Um, because as as the excuse that, you know, your media and politicians use a lot, uh, and over here, you know, uh, we need to make guns illegal. Yeah, but the bad guy's still got a gun, you know. Yeah, that's going to come and shoot me. The old and joke, it's like do? a gun free. There's that old uh, uh, comic strip of this guy walking up to a college campus or a school or something to shoot it up, and it says "gun free zone." And the guy that just like turns around and walks back. <laughs> Those gun free zone things. It's like every that all that means is anybody that is going to be a good guy with a gun is good. It just it's a puts a target on it to make it unarmed. And what's that? Sam Hyde said the thing. He's like, it's a plane imagined by John Lennon in the background. He's like, just imagine a peaceful world. Where all guns are abolished, and but mm. uh, unfortunately, you have to have guns to enforce right. the abolishment of of guns. It's complicated, but imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, that's the thing. It is, and um, you know, people get caught up in the romance, and as I as I did many years ago uh, in my youth, you know, got caught up in the romance of um, that kind of ideal state and world. But yeah, as you said, it's like okay, well, there's no guns allowed in this compound. But I'm standing at the edge of the compound with a gun to make sure no one's coming in with a gun. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah it's uh, 
Yeah. Well, they'll so. they'll probably end up. Uh, they're, they're still trying. It really ramped up um, during the Obama administration, but I mean, they're, they're they'll keep doing uh, fake school shootings to try to scare everybody into. Uh, and I'm not saying specifically which ones that weren't were were and were not fake, but you know, they'll they'll keep yeah. doing that kind of stuff to try to get everybody on board because if you. That's the only way they can possibly convince anybody to give up a right is when the people want that right taken away from them. Yeah, and it's a shame. Like every 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 single one of those tragedies that happens, you know, in schools or um, workplaces, even between gangs and all this kind of stuff. You know, it's it's horrible. And um, you know, I look at us as a species, really. And uh, it doesn't matter whether you're black or white. Thanks, MG. You know, <laughs> um, it's that kind of thing. It's it's just it it's I've lived around a lot of places and worked around a lot of places and uh, known many people uh, from all kind of walks of life. And um, it just, it kind of pisses me off and to think, who bloody cares what colour you are and what God you worship and all this kind of stuff? You know, it's just, it really is frustrating from a um, from the perspective of, look at the solar system and the planets and what's out there and um, and what's inside us and different dimensions and you know all this kind of stuff when you think of what's unexplored and to an an extent unattainable and you know there's so much wonder and joy and uh discovery out there and we're still fucking around like children it's like god's sake would you two stop being a pair of fucking arseholes get together work some shit out i don't know smoke some weed don't smoke weed whatever just you go and live on one side of the planet and you go and live on the other side and just get on with life (laughs) <laughs> there's yeah. enough shit going on in the world without you bringing this petty shit in, into it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just frustrating, um, really. And I say that after saying, you know, I, I would move to America and get myself some guns. <laughs> but, mm, <laughs> and I have to laugh at that because, you know, <laughs> why not? Um, but you know, I would do something like that in, in terms of... Security. Yo, 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 I got guns. I'll hurt you. I'll take you down. I'm a dangerous thug. <laughs> I got myself a pencil, man. You seen John Wick? I'm John Dick. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I like the John uh, Wick films. I, I, I never like saw them. I saw uh, the trailer for the fourth one. You've never seen any of the John Wick films? I saw Wicker Man with Nicolas Cage. No, I haven't seen any oh, John Wicks. I saw oh, Nobody I that was directed by the John Wick guy with uh, uh, Bob Odenkirk. That was really good. Uh, nobody Is that Mr. Nobody? or is It's it just called else? Nobody. It's him and Christopher Lloyd's his dad. It's basically John Wick with the guy from Better Call Saul from what I understand. That was a good movie. All oh, right, okay. Oh no, I've seen that. But yeah, I quite like the John Wick film. I mean, mm, maybe you know, a lot of people. I'll have like to watch. Them. I'll have to find where they're streaming and watch because I mean, they lo- always looked good. It's just there's too many movies. But anything that's not a Marvel movie at this point, I'd be happy to watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah. You know, I, I enjoy um, yeah my Marvel stroke DC, and I'm one of these people like I don't care. You know, people is it Marvel or DC? I don't care. I don't even know who's who. You know, I don't even know who Batman belongs to or the Flash or <laughs> Superman. I, I have no idea. Those it's are all just, DC. It's a superhero film. Are they? All right. <laughs> it's a I, superhero film. <laughs> I'm just so sick of these fucking superhero movies, dude. I've been complaining about it on this show for too long, but I'm still going to keep complaining uh, yeah. about it. There's a new one every two oh, yeah. weeks, and I just can't. Yeah, yeah. It's like, there have been s- too many. No. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, I agree. I liked them at first, but now it's like, okay, guys, come on. Hmm. Let's do something else. Um, yeah. The, the last one I watched um, was the Spider Man one. I don't know who. I don't know the one where they had the three Spider Men, and oh, I only Toby watched Maguire. that. Because, yeah, yeah. As um, yeah, for me, uh, the first Spider Man with Tobey Maguire, um, uh, Joey Diaz was in that uh, uh, Spider Man Two. Also, was he? He was on the train. He has one line. 
It's like, if you're going oh, to go, yeah. you're going to have to get through me or something like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was a lot thinner than the last time I seen him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I remember that. Um, but, yeah, I like Tobey Maguire's uh, Spider-Man out of uh, the best out of all of them. MTV like best kiss Tom winner, Tobey Maguire. Oh, right. But it also has Kirsten Dunst, and I've I've been a big Kirsten Dunst fan. I'm not a celebrity kind of person, but it's Kirsten Dunst, and I've been a big fan of hers. Well, no, big fan is the wrong choice of words. Um, My penis I mean, is been a big fan of hers. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know, I've, I've seen a, a lot of her films in the past. Well, I say a lot. I don't know. I don't know how many she's done. I've maybe seen half a dozen films with her, not including the Spider Man. <laughs> but um, yeah, just... I really like that, that new Spider Man one. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was yeah, good. Kirsten Jamie Fox yeah. and all. They had all the. Yeah, it was. It was kind of cool how they did the multiverse thing. I like the the best thing I've seen come out of Marvel in the last couple of years was the visuals. Not even the storyline. The visuals for the original Doctor Strange because it looks just like a DMT trip. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. When everything goes geometric yeah. and uh, yeah, starts collapsing yeah, in on yeah, itself, yeah. kaleidoscoping. Um, but yeah, yeah I, it reminds me of. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, no, because we'll no, still give, go on about it. Oh, yeah, I was gonna you. say no. <laughs> go ahead and uh, hit me with your thought, and then I'll get us out of here because I know it's. Um, yeah, it was just that other film with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio um, uh, um, and that someone, Levitt, someone, I can't remember. The, that, that film where they're in the dreams. Uh, oh, and that kind of same. That's the one, yeah. And that had that same kind of um, um, uh, Did somebody order a pizza? No, oh, it must have been one of them in the dream. Okay, I'm going in. <laughs> uh, yeah, I haven't seen that for years. But yeah, that was uh, the first film, I think, of its type where I've seen that kind of um, a display of uh, imagery. Uh, yeah. it, was, it was quite cool. Um, but yeah, and then Doctor Strange was the second. But anyway, sorry, uh, on you go. <laughs> oh, I was just, I'm going to play one more clip uh, on the Havana Syndrome thing just because I never got to it. And I'm going to play us out of here right after that. And uh, God, everything's falling apart here. Here we go. Again, you're in a particle beam. See, he's talking about, he's talking about hanging out at the embassies. <laughs> but I just like that as a, as a out of context clip. You're in a particle. Again, you're in a particle beam. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's one of the things when we used to work around the antennas, they would make us wear what they called sniffing equipment, which would tell you if 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 you're getting too much what they called RF, radio frequency, because you wouldn't know it. You'd be getting cooked. And you'd be getting all kinds of long-term problems, and you would never know until all of a sudden you had ball cancer or something like that. Well, see, that's a microcosm. Yeah. That that in the industry, they tell you. Mm Mm-hmm. Were you ever out there and the sniffer told you you had a problem? No, we actually never wore them. We just, we became, you know, we were contractors. So there was a lot of standards that we didn't follow that we were supposed to. Um, But yeah, basically the the rule of thumb was don't get in front of the antenna. Don't get too close behind it. And usually we would be underneath the tower. So underneath the tower, sometimes you can't even pick up a signal because it's not aimed at you. It's aimed further out, right? So what I would take from that is what Pink Trip's saying there is, if they ever turn on like the like the Stephen King book cell where the the cell tower frequencies get weaponized and turn everybody into zombies, like in your tinfoil hat just feels like it might not be working well enough. Just get right under the cell tower. Right. Just get right yeah, under. That's a good thing to know. It's not medical <laughs> like advice, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They can't wait to send the police to your house to chop your testicles off. Well, yeah. Shout out <laughs> yeah. to Pink Trip. I'll link that episode he just did with. Alex in the uh, show notes and Scott, uh, I'll have all your, uh, your Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, and uh, uh, what's that? Oh, SoundCloud all linked. Where, where else can people find you at music by Scott on Twitter? Uh, 
Uh, yes, that's where I hang around. Uh, hang around. Yeah, that's where that's my main social media uh, outlet. Really, um, I enjoy chatting crap to people and um, just conversing with people and having a laugh and that kind of stuff. Um, it's where I'm at mostly uh, on Twitter. So if you want to reach out, uh, say anything, um, yeah, Twitter's the best place. Uh, I got my YouTube channel, which I don't add anything to uh, often, um, just because I'm busy living and doing other things <laughs> uh, that doesn't involve music um one day but not just now <laughs> but yeah it's mostly twitter where i'm at well hell yeah and yeah and um i'll link your your music too i know i i trust me i only have one kid and i understand how it's it's hard to keep hobbies like that uh consistent when you have uh more important things to do uh, oh yeah i mean it's it's you know by the time the kids are in bed you know i don't stop until anywhere between nine and a half nine every single night um, and it's too late to pick up a guitar and play. You know, <laughs> yep. I'll get one smacked over my head. I said, "Shut up! You're just walking up the kid." <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah um, that's why I had to is switch, and, switch to an electric drum set. Yeah, yeah, even then, it's still. Uh, oh still yeah, wild. yeah. How, how our place is set up? Um, yeah, it's 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 quite close proximity, so you would hear it. Uh, and during the day, if I was to pick up a guitar and suddenly start playing, you know, the kids will literally run to the room and they'd be like, "Yeah, woohoo!" and they would just start taking over the instruments which is great it's, it's brilliant and i love it and i love the fact that um i've got my instruments around for them to use apart from my important guitars which are always in the case out of reach <laughs> yeah um, but i love the fact that they can play stuff but just sometimes it's like i just want to play a song on my own for 10 minutes please <laughs> yeah yeah well yeah i mean yeah. That's, that's when you get the that's when you get the old lady to take them out to the park or something so you can tinker around once in a while uh, oh yeah yeah uh but yeah, it's great, it's great fun. But the weekends are usually, um, you know, we go and do certain lessons uh, and go do certain things as well because I'm working a lot during the week. So the weekends are a time for us all to kind of catch up and hang out and do stuff. Uh, yeah, but it's brilliant. You know, it's 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 um, as much as I've kind of whinged about it probably a few times on Twitter. It's like, oh, damn it, I've still not played a guitar in ages or done whatever in ages. Um, you know, having kids is the, is the best possible gift ever. Uh, really it's it's fantastic because um yeah it's it's um it's like that queen song uh fat bottom girls uh no uh nice video for that but no it's not that one. Oh no i think <laughs> uh i'm thinking of bicycle rides one uh oh, what's the name of the song it's oh i can't recall it but it's basically you know uh live your life through your kids uh i'm trying to remember the name of the song now uh it's there, but it's not there. Um, but I, I like, I like th- that. 39 uh, by Queen is a real underrated one. 39. I don't recognize that title. In the year of 39, Volunteer or something like that. Check that one out. That's a classic. It's almost folky. Yeah. It's very good. 39, okay, just 30 the number 39. Life through. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I've just made a note of that 39 by Queen. Yeah, um, I'll have a listen. Oh, everything's coming up. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, uh, nah, th- I, those are the days of my life. That, that's the song. Sorry. Uh, those are the. No, no is it? Oh, yeah, those are the days of our lives. Yeah. Uh, do, 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 do. Um, yeah, I'm not going to sing this now. <laughs> um, maybe yeah, I haven't heard yeah. that one because that's w- not... when you can lay back and enjoy it through your kids. That's something. Else. Yeah, it's just that 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 sentence is just you know, I can't remember, I can't remember what comes beforehand, but just you know when you can lay back and enjoy it through your kids, and it just it's it's just brilliant because it's so true. You know, um, that's why the royals and the uh, uh, all the secret societies are obsessed with bloodlines and keeping the bloodlines. <laughs> <laughs> so they can enjoy their riches through their kids you know just as a, a another side tangent um the whole it just made me think of the whole Meghan markle and what's his name what's his name harry yeah harry i'm, I'm not a royalist um 
in a bit, yeah, that whole saga. I've not followed any of that kind of stuff. And I, I, uh, I really enjoyed watching Suits uh, on Netflix, the TV series Suits, which is years old now, um, which I never knew. I started watching it, I think, last year. Is and I about, was about halfway through the first season. Is it about uh, playing like poker or blackjack or uh, no, it's. Uh, I think that's a film. Uh, no, it's, it's about lawyers and stuff, but it's got Meghan Markle in it. And I was about halfway through the first season before I actually realised that's who it was. I'm like, that woman looks familiar, and it's because she's in the in the um, in the media all the time. And because I don't watch the media or read newspapers and stuff, I was about halfway through the first season. I'm like, wait a minute, that's Meghan Markle. <laughs> she, she got real butthurt about that South Park episode that came out about her a few weeks ago, about her and Harry. All oh, right. Oh, uh, I've only heard a very brief snippet about how she wasn't happy about it, but yeah. I don't know anything other than that. <laughs> it just made her look like the vacuous, um, cunt, like dumbass, typical bitch that she is. Part right. of my French. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't I have, have no idea. High, Again, I I'm, don't have a very high opinion of her. Oh, I've I've not followed the story um, at all, so I I don't really know. Um, you know, yeah, pass. And I also know how media can manipulate perception, uh, so I'm kind of staying. And unless I was to specifically look into it, which I can't be arsed, uh, I've no interest. Um, you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she's she's just uh, well. It's there's just a special like um, annoying factor with anybody that complains about you know wanting their privacy, which is kind of what the whole South Park episode is about, while simultaneously having an eight part Netflix show and putting out a book and constantly oh, yeah, tweeting yeah. pictures on Instagram. It's like you really don't want your privacy that bad. You just want to cry about it and be like, you know, put anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't, I, I can't do mean. a good of job nailing her to the wall as South Park did for sure. So I'll stop. But, but yeah, oh, yeah. I need to have a little. I, I quite like South Park. I haven't seen it for ages, but yeah, I'll have to. I'll check it out. But thank you, Scott. Scott Spalding and yeah. uh, at Music by Scott on Twitter. And uh, I'll, if it's okay with you, I'll link uh, link to your music and all that on the, the SoundCloud. Uh, oh yeah, the, yeah. Feel free. Uh, thank you very much for having me on. It's been uh, it's been great. Uh, yeah, really has. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it'll be. Uh, hopefully it won't be. <laughs> such a long time in between before we do it again <laughs> yeah no worries yeah anytime and if i'm ever out in america i know it's a big place but maybe we'll hook up <laughs> Hell yeah. we'll hit uh yeah. we don't we, we even have pubs here they're just not like actual but we'll hit up with like tennessee's version of a pub if you ever make it through <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean treat what's a tennessee version of a pub then <laughs> it's just uh you know it's, it's just called a pub but it's not i'm sure it's not like the real oh, thing like uh, we have irish pubs and um, even a Scottish, uh, a Scotch pub that's got a bunch of different types of scotches here in Knoxville, but it's not really, I can't imagine it's kind of like the same, I can't imagine it's the same thing, especially since some of those pubs out there are pr- probably, you know, 500 years old. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. I love, um, yeah, the old traditional yeah. kind of pubs. I'm not a drinker. I've never been much of a drinker. I was always, uh, I, I always preferred to smoke rather than drink. Um, one of my friends, uh, a best mate growing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> he was a he was a big drinker. Um, you know, he liked it, and I kind of frequented pubs uh, mostly with him and for him. Um, but yeah, I was always preferred always preferred weed. But way back, you know, now um, I don't have a chance, and I just I, I never. I remember someone gave me a little nugget of weed a long time ago. I think I still got it somewhere, like half a year ago or maybe a year ago. Okay. <laughs> uh, enough for, hey, you know, and every, as... every now and then I'm like, you know, I've still got that. And I'll wait until maybe the wife and kids are away for a few days or something and they have a smoke. Well, thanks, man. Thanks again for having me on. I'll be in touch with you and hopefully we'll do it again. Bef- definitely not as long of a break in between shows as there was this time. <laughs> yeah, no worries. But great chat to you, man. Time. I really appreciate it. You yeah. too. Scott Spalding, everybody. Cool. Check out his music. And, have uh, a good evening. At Music with Scott. See you, Scott. Thank you very much.
Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks, man. It's not in the third dimension. They've made freaking deals with interdimensional aliens. Okay. Uh, and notice the maybe, media never attacks you for that because that's the truth. Maybe this is true. You mean 5G? I'm mad at Trump for allowing 5G to come in. The 5G. The 5G. The 5G. Listen, here's the deal. Right here. We're going to set up a world government. We're going to slowly titrate the dose and poison the public, dumb them down, put electromagnetic radiation out with 5G that scrambles their DNA, lowers their IQ. We're going to cause mass mental illness and a controlled societal collapse that will then be organized and controlled in the mop-up crew by robots controlled by the globalist programmers who believe with the off-world entities they're in communication with that they're going to be given the uh, operation to upload and be in that larger kind of board cube system. The 5G. Listen to me. What? They tried to recruit my dad to a DARPA program. The CIA is testing on cell towers uh, wavelengths to calm the public during crises. And I have talked to army generals, commanding generals, major generals, general generals. The 5G. Listen to me. CIA, everybody. And they're all 5G. What? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Again, you're in a particle beam. The one thing that scares the shit out of me, Alex, is um, in the middle of all this shit going on with Russian collusion, all the last two years and Trump and all that, they are spraying the skies with chemtrails harder than ever fucking before. Does that have anything to do with 5G? Are the chemtrails and 5G connected? What the fuck is going on? They're spraying every day out here. It's incredible. Like like the, uh, the clouds today, all fake. What's going on with that shit? I'm studying what the superconducting super collider scientists and the cyclotron operators are saying. I'm studying what the top genetic engineers are saying. I'm studying what Elon Musk has said, but I was saying it 20-something years ago because Elon Musk said, I go to these big billionaire conferences and they're all talking about interdimensionals and how it's all a simulation and how they're communicating with these other things. But anyway, well, just to be that. clear, fuck that. No, no, fuck clear. that. Fuck that. What's up with all these goddamn chemtrails? What the fuck? We'll get to that. I have to finish this. And so I just want it to not be chemtrailed and have them trying to, you know, get my kids fluoride. They're because te- it's it's the same on Google. Does it have anything to do with five G? Absolutely. What's five G? How does five G and okay. chemtrails? How do they, okay. how what do is they connect? Okay, so let's go over it. It's not about uh, protecting us from the sun. It's about frying the atmosphere and actually making it toxic and worse. It's about killing the soil. It's about total world government. It's about 1 in 35,000 having autism. Uh, 30 years ago, now it's 1 in 58. It's about a world exterminist depopulation program being carried out against all of you. And you just heard the CIA head admit it, but they tell you because it's so credible, oh my gosh, it's not real. They're because te- it's, it's the same on Google. Does it have anything to do with 5G? They think we're idiots. Yep. Now, what's up with 5G and chemtrails? 
What's the connection? Kim, 5G is basically every block, and it's even smaller millimeters that lose, use less power but are even stronger and can manipulate the atmosphere even more. Does you that, saw that do, in Arizona. Do, 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 um, does 5G work better with chemtrails? He said on air. Oh, it's so fun. We can turn it on at night and, and ignite the atmosphere into fire. And the head of HARP on my show, mad scientist, said we can ignite the atmosphere. Yeah. And so you're asking, what is Doppler radar? A high-powered antenna array manipulating the atmosphere. What is 5G? Millions of arrays manipulating the atmosphere. What is HARP? Big antenna. So if you look it up, Dubai, turning the desert green... And then you look up Daily Mail articles and Smithsonian articles, and it's antenna arrays that are actually Doppler. They think we're idiots. So I asked him. I said, uh, you're a Freemason, right? He goes, yes. And then I asked him, uh, do you know who Albert Pike is? He goes, of course. And, and I go, do you know in the Bible, the Freemason Bible he wrote, he said that y'all's God is Lucifer. Now, the correct answer would have been, that's bullshit. That's taken out of context. That would have been the correct answer. But he didn't say that. He said, oh, Lucifer means life. And then from that point on, I shut the fuck up. And I'm like, oh, shit, I don't want to talk about this. I've talked to the radar operators. I've talked to the 5G operators currently. I've talked to the Doppler radar installers. I, I, I know a fella who approached me in like 1996, and I thought he was crazy. I'm not going to say his name. And he had an engineering degree from the University of Texas, and he worked for a major company that put in Doppler radar towers. And if you'll remember, starting in the mid-'90s, they had a whole cable channel on every cable system that would show the radar over your state. And it was a composite of the Doppler radar system. So the federal government paid, starting the late 80s through the mid-90s, they got them put in for Doppler radar. And I was talking to uh, this individual, and he said, listen to me. He said, we're putting power cables into these Doppler radar towers that are 10 to 20 times what a Doppler needs to run. And he said, I talked to some of the senior engineers, and he was a wealthy, successful guy. He actually owned one of the companies that contracted with him. He said... Uh, there's patents that what they do is they have these towers, not just do radar, but when they turn the power up, they can control weather systems and ionize and make a weather front fail or make a weather front get stronger, or they can even steer it. And once it's in nationwide, this is like in 96, they'll have complete control. That's why they're even putting Dopplers in, in like Southwest Texas, where there's, you know, like one person for every hundred square miles. They don't need Weather Channel there. They don't need that. Why are they doing it? He said, because they got to control whole weather fronts. Now, it wasn't till a decade later that was declassified and Dubai and, the, and China and a bunch of other countries said, we're using Doppler radar to control the weather. And it was Daily Mail articles and BBC articles and AP articles. So everything he told me was true. Power sources 10 to 20 times stronger. And he was told by his associates, it's really weather control. Now, I wasn't rolling my eyes at this guy. I'd go to his house and hang out with him. And he lived in a big house and had a gorgeous wife and kids and, you know, drove a Mercedes Benz and everything. He wasn't a liar. He was coming and telling me about all this and explaining because he was concerned about it. So the point is, is we are bathed 
not just the radiation from our phones, this little microwave relay, the microwave relay system. We are bathed in all of this. And that's why they're putting the 5G in for the self-driving cars, little robot delivery trucks, and all the rest of it. And, 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 and so, again, imagine, here's the CIA saying, it's the strangest thing. It's in the reports. Look it up. Whether we're at the UN or whether we're in Havana, Cuba, or whether we're in Beijing, China, or whether we're in you know Germany or London, we're totally fine. But as soon as we go to the base, we're sick. Well, those are the percentage of people because some people are really not immune to it. You just don't have as big effects till you die. But they're like 10, 20, 30% of the staff are reporting nausea and dizziness uh, and, and, and hair loss. You know, you're frying yourself with the communication systems. Anybody in by Korea, because one of my great uncles was in Korea and, and was a pilot, but also did radar installations on, uh, on, on, on transport planes. He told me about how they would get sick around the radar. And the, and, the, and the Army would tell them, and the Air Force would tell them, in that case, the Air Force, set your tents up, because eat, you know, no matter how, there's a rule, I'm not a, an, an engineer, but for however long the antenna is, it loses half its power out after the antenna. So the military would tell them, well, since you're around these transmitters that can cause some problems, go ahead and put yourself out 30 yards from it. Well, they learned real quick, we don't do 30 yards. We do 100 yards. Yeah. Because there was no book. There was no manual. You got sick if you did that. Dizziness, you know, all that stuff. The- nausea. So I'm saying is we're, we're, we're curing Havana syndrome right now. <coughs> Havana syndrome will soon be normalized because we're all going to be living like this. And that's what I'm saying is the science ping trip is there. And the research is there. We just have to admit what's happening to us. I think uh, that article I read it. They they didn't say that they weren't getting Havana syndrome. They said they could confirm it wasn't uh, foreign. There wasn't foreign involvement causing it. Yeah, because so, you're. That's yeah. Yeah, because you're in a base with dozens of communication systems. Mm-hmm. You're at the center of it all. 